Hello, welcome to IntelliCast. It is season five, episode 19. Um, Brian Peterson, how are you, sir? I'm doing good. I have a question for you. Yeah. What is our over-under on number of episodes this year? I'm thinking like 38. Yeah, that's a good that's a good number to put it at. We're running a little bit behind the last couple of years, but that's probably a good thing, actually. Right. I mean, COVID, <laughs> we were putting out two a week for like four months, but that was we didn't have a whole lot yeah. going on. So yeah, I think it's a good pace. Um, and man, sometimes um, less is more and quality over quantity. And today's episode is one of those. Yeah. Steve Schlesinger, an honor to have him on the episode today with Ted Pulsifer at Schlesinger Group. Um, so nice to have them on. We're recording this intro after the interview. And um, man, I, this is one of my favorite interviews we've ever done, actually. I don't know how you feel. What do you think? I think top five. I'll go top five because we've had <laughs> some good guests, but name recognition and kind of power in the, we'll call it power in the industry. Yeah. I mean, power in the industry, that's like top three. I put it up there with like the Judith one because. And that one, I mean, maybe people don't view that the same way, but because she yeah. kind of built the new SMR, I think that's a that's pretty influential. And I put Steve right up there. He has he mentioned like thirty seven years in the industry, and he's a yeah. big name. So because, yeah, the his name's on the building. Um, that's always a big deal. But you wouldn't know it by talking to him. He's very humble. Yeah, Not, like I I feel like I could talk to him about any topic. Just we can go really, grab a bowl of cereal with him. Yeah, really. That was one of the big topics. I. Uh, we talked about cereal to get to know Steve a little bit. And I'm not going to mention his Instagram account. He calls it out, but I did check it out and it's private. I was really hoping to check out his cereal concoctions, but he hasn't, he hasn't set to private. I didn't request. That's, I didn't want to cross the line, but Hey, it's his, his uh, handle is out there. If you'd like to add him on Instagram, but yeah, he talked about all the acquisitions they're doing clear the air a little bit. Cause you know, me and you, get on here and who knows what we're talking about with the news. And so it was really nice for him to talk about the strategy and how it happens. And yeah, you wouldn't know that his name's on the building by talking to him. He's a humble guy, a family guy, really cares about the industry. And it was really cool to talk to him for 20 minutes. I could have talked to him all day long. Oh, we could have, we could have gone for hours, but yeah, yeah, we just, we, we wanted to be cognizant of his time because he was gracious enough to give us an hour of his time. So, Yeah, and then, of course, Ted, he's a friend of the podcast and from the Market Cube days, um, has been a great partner with us, um, with EMI, for, forever. And he's incredible also, just a super smart guy, nice guy. And um, so it was really cool to have both of them on there. I think you'll enjoy the interview. Talks a lot about the strategy and how these mergers and acquisitions happen and talked about culture. That's super important to him. We talked a lot about culture, and we could have just done an episode on how you do that. Um, we just kind of hit the highlights of that. I thought it was super interesting that he's like, hey, it's we're having it. it they weren't trying to keep a static culture. It was ever-changing. Anytime they added somebody, they brought yeah. a little bit from what they have, and they took a little bit from the company they added as what he called it is added it to the family. And yeah. I, I thought that was super interesting because a lot of times yeah. – and. I've told you this and some people who listen may know this, but I've before 35, I had been through four different acquisitions. So one on the buying three on the receiving. Um, And there is on any of those, there was not a lot of taking the culture from the company you were being acquired. It was as being the person 
in the yeah. company that was being bought, it was like, this is the culture that you're getting now. It doesn't matter what you were doing previously. Yep. I've been through the same exact thing. And it, was, it can be really challenging for the group being acquired. It's already challenging. Um, and the way he talks about it as being a family. And he, he recognized, you know, these are business owners. These are people that started companies, have blood, sweat, and tears. And he talked a lot about that, that he really cares about that, that he wants everybody to win. And he means it. You can tell he's very genuine. Yep. Um, I think we'll get right into it. We can probably talk about the interview for longer than the interview. Itself. Probably. <laughs> um, but if you ever have feedback or questions, we would love to hear from you. You can reach us at IntelliCast at EMI-RS.com. Follow us on Twitter, EMI underscore research or IntelliCast1. And you can always leave us a text or voicemail at 513-401-5463. One last thing before we get to the interview is um, upcoming events we'll be at. Quartz uh, Chicago. This is kind of breaking news. July 20 and 21 in New York City. Gabby and Mary, the all-female combo, storming New York City at Quartz. Man, that's exciting. I'm happy for them to get to go. Um, the MMR Future of Insight Summit in Athens, Georgia, August 10th and 11th. I'll be there actually speaking. We'll talk more about that later. September 7th through 9th is the Insights Association Conference, Fall Conference in Chicago with our North Central chapter. And that's going to be awesome. I got um, news of new sponsors and speakers recently. So it's going to be nice. a really cool conference. I'm really looking forward to that. And then the one you're looking forward to, I'm sure, Insights Marketing Day, October 6th in Chicago. I and Emma will be there. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And I hope you enjoyed the interview. We'd love your feedback on it. Here's Ted and Steve from Schlesinger. Hello. Um, joining me now, I am super excited to have two people from the Schlesinger group. First is a friend of the podcast. I'll go with him first, Ted Pulsifer. He is the executive vice president. Hello, Ted. How are you, man? I'm doing great, Brian. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's good to see you. I'm looking at Ted right now on Zoom. It's good to have you on. And man, a special guest. I'm super excited to have Steve Schlesinger on. He's the CEO of Schlesinger Group. Steve, how are you, sir? I'm good, Brian. Good to be here with you today. Oh man, I'm so excited. I'm gonna I'm gonna think I'm gonna start off with Ted because he is a friend of the podcast. He's been on before. Um, I think last time you were on, I think you were still part of Market Cube. Uh, it's been a couple of years. And so from your perspective, I'd love to hear. Um, how the transition's going, what you're working on these days. Um, you've been great partners with us for quite a while, so love an update. Yeah, I mean, I think we go back a decade plus of supporting your your day job, so that's that's always a, a thrill for us and, and our yeah. project team and all our, our staff. So, yeah, it's been great. I think um, last time I was on was, was towards the end of 19, and, um, you know, shortly into 2020, we were able to successfully be acquired by Schlesinger Group, and it's been a great fit. You know, I think for us, the, the really interesting thing is myself and my business partners are really big into kind of entrepreneurs and, and testing new ideas and pushing the envelope. And, you know, we found a great home to do that here, um, but but also sort of at a bigger stage where we walk in and we have more resources, more support, more global clients. So uh, it's been a, a whirlwind, uh, almost two and a half years and, and every day is full of new challenges. You know, you, you're developing a lot of APIs, a lot of programmatic sample. Sure. Um, new customer bases. I feel like you're really growing a lot um, as you're folding into Schlesinger Group, for sure. I certainly sure. see and hear you all a lot more. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, as Steve will attest, you know, <clears throat> oftentimes, especially when your business is smaller, you wear many, many hats and you focus on a lot of different things. One thing that's um, been great for me over the last couple quarters is really, really drilling hard into all things programmatic for us. 
which is a big part of our future. Um, you know, how we can find uh, the appropriate respondents for the right surveys, service our clients, and really scale up our delivery um, all over the world because we have a huge, huge client base. So um, that's been a really fun area to zoom in on and, and uh, right in our wheelhouse. Awesome. I'm going to transition over to Steve. And I'm, man, I'm excited for this part of the interview to talk about strategy and entrepreneurship. Um, before we kind of get into that, um, I'm jealous that you got to go to SampleCon this year. I've been to most sample cons. Um, California was too far for me this year. Um, what was your experience like? Did you enjoy SampleCon? What are your thoughts? Yeah, it was great. I mean, it, it's it's a first for me. Um, I know that we've had uh, members of Schlesinger Group be there in the past, and obviously Ted's been a, a longstanding uh, member of that community. For me, coming much more from a qual background and you know getting sort of up to speed in quant over the last decade, it really brought to light to me, so many different elements of the sample business, everything from the technical side to the sales side to the strategy, um, you know, uh, thoughts from many thought leaders there. I was also able to participate in a, a really robust panel discussion with a bunch of what I'd call industry leaders on sort of what the future of our world might look like and, and you know, some of the things that we should really be thinking about related to that. So, Overall, great experience, a lot of new friends, um, and uh, look forward to going again in the future. Well, good. And you mentioned uh, the future of sampling. And I I feel like um, the qual world and the quant world have been merging. The lines are not as um, dark as they used to be. Sometimes I have clients say, here's just the business problem. Um, it's not really a qual um, solution or a quant solution. It's kind of a hybrid solution which is one of the things I'm excited about is you're all what you're doing. So um, I'm glad you got to go there as a, with a call qual background. That's great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And I think you make a really interesting you know, point there, Brian, which is the world is becoming a bit more muddled. We'll, we'll say it's, it's definitely, you know, clients are trying to solve problems and the way they solve those problems can be through a variety of different ways. And I think they're looking for more, partners that can create solutions for them, whatever those solutions might look like. And that's sort of where our strategy has led us much more down that path of being able to pr provide really good optionality for them around methodology, around uh, scale, around geography, around tools and technology and products. And we think that gives them a better opportunity to sort of lean in where they need to lean in for that one specific business objective. Yeah, completely agree. Um... So you're in the news a lot. I was at the um, Insights Association conference in Philadelphia, the annual conference this year, where Merrill joked around about you buying a new company every eight minutes. And this is kind of a running joke. We even make the same joke on the podcast. And man, I'm so glad you're here because I'd love to talk about your strategy and what's been kind of going on behind the scenes, what you can divulge and what the, what the strategy is. Absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, we've always been a pretty acquisitive shop. Uh, you know, we've done, I think, 21 acquisitions to date. And, um, you know, and they've, they, they vary in size and scale and sort of, you know, the characteristics of each one of them. But, you know, we've always been big believers that, you know, the business is going to be rooted on both growing organically and inorganically through acquisition. This idea that... Um, you know, we continue to look to fill gaps in our offering to find interesting opportunities to um, offer our clients and things that they need. Um, 
you know, underneath, we call it one umbrella. And, um, and I think that there's a real value in what we've built as a platform, if we, if we want to use that word. I think, you know, Schlesinger Group is truly a group. It's an amalgamation of companies that we've acquired and assembled over, you know, the better part of two decades, as well as the, you know, the legacy business, which has existed, you know, from back in the mid 60s. And, you know, I think the goal really is, has always been to create a, a uh, an ecosystem where we can find founders and entrepreneurs who can truly join our group, but continue to, to maintain that DNA, that, that sort of drive that's made them successful to start. So, you know, yes, it might be a five or $10 million company that's coming into the fold and they're joining, you know, a business that's north of 250 million in revenue, but they can still maintain that same motivation, drive, and and hopefully success. And if anything, our goal is to really accelerate that success. And you know, Ted's a perfect example. You know, Ted and and the group at Market Cube have really joined, and we've been able to accelerate their business even more. Yeah, and I'll just jump in there, Steve. I think that that was one of the the things that I didn't think about till we got in is just sort of that underlying scale that being part of a large organization has. So, you know, we have historically had a lot of solutions around quantitative sampling and programming and hosting and delivery of sample, if you will. Um, but just being able to take that to a customer base that's tenfold is really fun. Um, so some of the things in the last couple of years that I've sort of personally enjoyed the most is talking to companies that are quote unquote qualitative customers of Schlesinger and then um, introducing them to the different uh, survey taking solutions that we have. So um, it is a lot of fun and um, it's it's also great to have scale and, and to be part of a culture that really is ever changing. Um, you know, just sort of as we make acquisitions and hire, you know, we inherit little bits of either a different country, a different culture, and certainly um, bits of technology and improvements, which is, I would say, you know, our biggest fo- focus for the next couple of years is leaning into uh, technical efficiencies as well. One thing I, I kind of noticed, and maybe this is untrue, might just be my perception, is that I felt like a lot of the acquisitions I started noticing initially were kind of qual. Um, there were facilities, it was 2020, and then it's a little bit more quant, maybe. And that might just be me because I live in more of a quant world with um, the Market Cube and especially the more recent ones they are a little bit more quant focused. And what I love about the acquisitions, and this is, again, my perception, I've been a part of companies that have acquired other companies and merged giant companies, it is really hard to do. And from what I can tell when I've seen your team at conferences at IEX and in Philadelphia at that conference, it's Schlesinger Group is one big team. And so I'm really impressed with that. I just want to kind of mention that. I'm sure that's intentional as you merge a lot of different assets. That's really challenging is to maintain culture and when to kind of keep it together and things like that. So I'm not really a question there. It's more of a comment unless you want to just mention it. Yeah, no, I, I, first of all, I appreciate that, Brian. I think it's um, something we're incredibly proud of, but I also think it's something we spend a lot of time and in, uh, intention with. It's it's yeah. really very much around, you know, our culture continues to morph and blend as we bring new family members in. I think we, we, we really think hard on how we integrate businesses Um you know, some parts may not get integrated. Some parts may get in- integrated very fast. Some may take a lot longer. We don't really prescribe to one formula other than the formula is whatever's right for that organization and how it fits within our, 
you know, bigger organizations. So, um, you know, thanks for mentioning it. It, it is, um, I think, something we're really good at and uh, we care a lot about. And, um, and you know, I just, I'll mention to sort of what Ted uh, alluded to before, which is that it's never our systems, it's our systems. It's the systems that come in, it's getting the best of breed wherever it's coming from, whether it currently exists or it's being brought in by that new uh, family member. You know, what we continue to feel like we're doing is we're getting better and better because of the, the richer thinking, the richer capabilities, the richer technology that is being assembled as an aggregate. Um, and that's really been to our, to our benefit. I mean, I can I can tell just right off the bat that when you talk about it, and you're a family-owned business, and you talk about the acquisitions as new family members, so, I mean, that's a very intentional way to maintain culture is to talk about it from not a financial or a, even a strategic standpoint. You're talking about it at a very personal kind of level, right? Oh, it is. I mean, if you really think about it, you know, first off. No matter what you say about our industry, no matter how much further along it is technologically, at the end of the day, it's a people business. It is, I mean, it's the relationships that we all have with each other, relationships we have with our clients, relationships we have with respondents, whether we're, you know, engaging with them using technical expertise or, you know, stopping them on a street and intercepting them. At the end of the day, it is that engagement that's so important. So everything has to be rooted in people as far as we're concerned. You know, how we leverage technology is also obviously critical to our success. But, you know, it is intentional. I mean, we have to think about when we acquire a business, the, the, the fact is we're bringing in senior leaders, owners, um, entrepreneurs, founders, we're bringing in staff, um, you know, we're bringing in people who've probably put a lot of blood and sweat and tears into what they've accomplished. And, you know, for the most part, you know, I'd say even exclusively, we buy very successful businesses. We don't buy distressed businesses. And the idea there is because we want a business that's on a good trajectory, and then we want to accelerate that trajectory. So, you know, they are as important to the equation, if not more important than the balance sheet is, than the P&L is. It's that team that's going to help us drive the success in the future. And what we care about is the success in the future, not necessarily the success that, that exists today. I mean, that's an amazing answer. It kind of leads into my next question, which you kind of alluded to a little bit, is that as an outsider, I'm not an entrepreneur or an investor. I'm a market researcher who is... Uh, trying to do this silly podcast and speculate that there's a lot of opportunities out there for people like you and investment firms. Um, there's opportunities and value out there on both the buying side and the selling side. But you just said it yourself, you're looking for distressed companies. You're looking for opportunities to really blend in something that complements what you already have and build on it, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And Brian, I would just jump in and say, you know, this this was a big theme at SampleCon both this year and last year. Um, so much of what has shifted with acquisitions and maybe I'm in a unique perspective on, on sort of being on both sides of it very, very recently. But um, to Steve's point, it is as much about the talent um, as anything else. And it's, you know, it's a really difficult job market. And, you know, we're always looking for these these great companies. But most importantly, it's, it's almost like we uh, 
we drool at getting really good staff members that are super, very experienced and have you know strong relationships and and expertise in in areas that can only help us because we're going to need you know lots of talented folks to uh, continue this growth trajectory. Awesome. And are, this is another ignorant question from someone who doesn't understand this world, but maybe a peek behind the the curtain. Who reaches out? Like, do you call up the owner of a company and say, hey, let's talk, let's merge? Or how does that even happen if you can divulge anything, either of you? That- yeah, yeah, I think it's a little bit of everything, right? So, you know, you've got companies that are being represented by professionals, bankers and advisors and such. And, you know, we see a lot of, of that activity and that's great. Um, but we also have ongoing conversations with people you know, that we meet at conferences that, um, you know, that we partner with even, um, you know, and, and, and conduct research with, we, um, we get to know people, you know, we have acquisitions we've done in the past where we've started conversations and deals haven't gotten done for two or three years because the timing wasn't right. But we, we planted a seed. We, you know, had an initial conversation that, you know, talked about mutual interest and, um, you know, this, this game of, of, of acquiring businesses is a game of patience. It's a game of, of, of timing. Um, you know, we look to create win-wins and that's, you know, not a, a you know, a, a, a lame cliche. It really is the truth. It's, you know, if I buy Ted's business and I can't make that a win for Ted, it's not going to ever work. And if Ted can't make that a win for me, it's not going to ever work. So we've got to find that 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 mutual landing spot, and um, and sometimes it just takes a little bit more time or patience or perseverance to get there. But it's all different ways we 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 find opportunities. And by the way, sometimes opportunities are acquisitions, sometimes they're partnerships. Mm-hmm. They don't even lead to, to to an actual acquisition. But it, but it's interesting. The other thing I just I want to mention because it's really important is that the concept of talking to people about their business is fascinating. I mean, you, you learn so much about you know how they've found success, the trials and tribulations of of their journey. Um, you know, every time I've talked to anybody about a business or looked at a business, I always learn and. You know, and I would hope the same would be true of anybody who talked to me, you know, that they've learned about, you know, my journey or things that have worked and things that haven't worked. And, you know, I try to be incredibly candid and transparent about it because I just think it's, you know, it's all benefits us if we really understand, you know, how things work well and maybe where we've had challenges. And believe me, you know, I've had my, 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 my more difficult ones in the past, too. Yeah, and I, I love what you're saying because I've. I've somewhat halfway joked with people I've worked with in the past, especially junior members in marketing research, that you cannot burn a bridge in this industry because the person that reports to you today could be your boss tomorrow and a client the next day, or you acquire them a week later. And, right. it, and in a way, it's, it's not really even a joke because our industry in some ways is very unique in that we are kind of one big family. You know, we compete against each other, but we partner with each, the same people we compete against. And it's yeah. to me, it took a while to understand that um, and the beauty of it. And I think it is kind of a beautiful thing. So uh, that's such a great perspective that just talking to people about their business is kind of fascinating alone, right? Yeah. And I, and I think that that's even accelerating, Brian. Like, I think that that view on call it partnership or frenemies or however you want to think about it, colleagues, I think 
people are, are embracing that more and more, even in, you know, as competitive a world as we live. And, and I, I think that's one of the things that I've enjoyed most about our industry, you know, being in it for, you know, I think I'm on my 36th or 37th year now, you know, I think about the fact that, you know, many of my competitors are my friends and, you know, they're people who I trust and people who I can talk to. And, you know, frankly, some of them I lean on as mentors or, or yeah. advisors at times. And, um, and if nothing else, you know, the opportunity to share what's going on in our worlds is incredibly valuable. And so um, one kind of final question um, before we get to this more fun, get to know you kind of stuff is uh, what's in the future? Like, um, I know it's a lot of work probably to just organize all these companies together, but what, what what's coming in the future if you can divulge anything? Ted, is this the part where we segue to bourbon or should we talk still about research? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just uh, I think we have a call coming in. We got to drop. So. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, listen, I, I think that, you know, I, what I say to my team is our best days are in front of us. I think we've got a lot of interesting things that we're going to be able to work on. Um, you know, in a nutshell, I think it's, you know, more around tech enablement and automation. I think it's more around, you know, sort of being able to service our clients in a more, use the word frictionless way, in a, in a, in a more streamlined, um, efficient manner. I think that our client base is becoming incredibly different. You know, it was traditionally, you know, MR groups, whether they were agencies and or at brands today, it, you know, the buyers and users are much more, um, diversified group of, of individuals. And that makes it interesting because you have to think about how you service them and how you uh, help them support them because they're, they're, they're less from the research world. So I think it's an interesting time. I love the, the business. I love the industry. And, um, and I'm excited to see what we can get done over the next few years. Awesome. Thank you. I mean, what a great perspective. I wanted to ask a couple more fun questions, get to know you questions. Hopefully you don't shy away from Um a little bird gave me a secret. The little bird's name is Ted, that um, you love cereal. So I thought we'd play like, um, and, and Brian, play along too with, uh, I don't know, do they have cereal in Canada? Yes, they have cereal in Canada. <laughs> um, what's your favorite cereal? Um, who wants to go first? Um, I'll go first. I am like a 12-year-old kid in almost everything I do in life. And so I eat Fruity Pebbles probably. I have a box of Fruity Pebbles in my house at all times. And then I try to be a little bit healthy sometimes and multi-grain Cheerios. And if you try to throw a generic box in my kitchen of any cereal, I am it is in the garbage. It doesn't compare. <laughs> um, Steve, what kind of cereal do you like? Uh, well, uh, two, two quick comments, because I can go on <laughs> with this for, for three podcasts worth of, of information. Um, so for, so so first my my Instagram handle is Lucky Charms Fruit Loops. So that'll give you a little hint as to where I go and uh, yeah. my cereal quest. Um, there's no less than eight or nine different varieties of cereal at any one time in my cabinet. I'm a big mix guy. I'd like to do two, three, four at a time in a big Ooh. bowl. Um, oh my gosh! And I and I don't Suicide. eat. Yeah, no, and I don't eat cereal very often for breakfast. It's mostly for dinner um that that i eat here or late at night um when i shouldn't be eating anything uh, but the one other comment i want to make <laughs> is that um i have a new ice cream place that i go to which builds ice cream sandwiches and my go-to ice cream sandwiches is uh 
top cookie is funfetti and the bottom cookie is 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 goo, gooey cookie dough and then i go vanilla ice cream which isn't that exciting but then i cake it with fruity pebbles and oreo um crumbs so i just want to do a little oh. to your fruity pebbles comment <laughs> oh my oh i have we could do two or three podcasts on this alone. <laughs> we haven't even got to Ted O'Brien yet. Um, I'm hoping for an, a serial acquisition in the future. That's the answer to that question. Amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ted, what's what's going on with you in the serial world? Uh, I just I need to call HR and make sure Steve's health plan is up to date for <laughs> pre-diabetes. My goodness. Um, so I mean, I can do a top five. I can do everything. But if you just yeah. gave me one box, like cinnamon toast crunch, yeah, uh, that's my number one. I've never heard somebody with so um, – I'm going back to Steve on this one. I've never heard somebody with a very specific almost philosophy around cereal. That's very entrepreneurial. I love it. <laughs> I love it. No, and then, yeah, it's, uh, I, I'm like Steve. I usually don't have it for breakfast. It's uh, late in the night or emergency snack situation. So, Yeah. Brian, tell us your favorite Canadian cereals. I'm going to be in the minority here. I am not a big cereal person. Yeah, I knew it. But if I was to have one, and this is going to be different from everyone else, I like the Quaker oatmeal squares. That's my go-to. And okay. it's mostly dinner when it's kids have events going on and stuff like that. We have 10 minutes to eat. It's all right. I guess we're having cereal tonight. <laughs> Keep in mind, I have five other boxes of kids' cereal. Just that's not what I'm eating. <laughs> but Brian, you mentioned when Steve was mentioning his mixing and stuff, it brought back that interview we did from the guy with Kellogg's and what he told us his indulgence was, was, do you remember this? The Frosted Flakes? Yeah, Frosted Flakes with chocolate? Yeah, chocolate, put those in the microwave and then poured cold milk over top. Wow. Yeah, we did that. Um, it probably wasn't very good on a podcast. We do a lot of food things on the podcast, like <laughs> eat cereal. I mean, that doesn't really translate well. But yeah, we had someone from Kellogg talk about what they did for cereal. And we did it in the office. It was incredible. Um, so there's, there's a, one little um, tip for you, Steve. Try the Frosted Flakes with the melted chocolate in the microwave. It was really good. Believe me, my, my wheels are already turning. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Any final words before we let you go? I really appreciate um, you coming on and uh, clearing up the air on your strategy. Uh, that's, I, I told Brian our new our podcast strategy was going to just um, bring misinformation to the podcast and then have people come on to clear the air, and then we'll get all these amazing guests <laughs> So I'm not sure if our strategy worked in this case, but I really appreciate y'all coming on. Awesome. No, we, we appreciate uh, being here with you. It's great to, you know, share a few minutes and talk about the industry and, um, you know, and share what we, we've got going on at, at SG. And, um, you know, we look forward to hopefully coming back in a, a period of time and, you know, sharing new things that we have going on. Uh, you know, it's, it's what we're all about continuing to evolve and, and, uh, you know, morph this business into what we believe is sort of the next chapter of SG. So uh, thanks for giving us the time and asking good questions. And most important, thanks for bringing out cereal. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're obviously a legend in the industry. It's an honor to talk to you um, for what you've done. You've created a lot of jobs and you've been a thought leader and you have innovated and you continue to innovate. And you've given a, a back, back a lot to the industry. That's probably a whole nother podcast we could do. So yeah. um, I'll just probably say it that we on behalf of the industry, really appreciate everything you've done. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, thanks, Ted.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.